What's going on, guys? It's Travis. We are back with another hero's journey. And in this journey, we are using the Apple Studio Display webcam for the first ever live stream on the Mac Studio. And we are looking a little, eh, little off, but we'll take it. And in this episode, I wanted to dive in into how nowadays getting a film degree is actually a trade. I don't think film studies, video should be really classified anymore. Now, why is this? Well, this is because in the liberal arts, usually... A lot of it is very theoretical. Now, nowadays, everyone needs video. Now, nowadays, you'll go onto a website, a social media, a brand. Everyone needs content. And I, I really kind of hate that word, content, because for me, it's this whole new world of video and stuff that people make and me having a film degree, I know, don't tell anyone, but you know, you couldn't really just make content. I mean, you had to have a camera, a camcorder. You had to have, remember those little camcorders you stick your little, your hand in, the screen pops out and it was like SD 640. That, that was content. Now we can all just use these things and we're all just content creators. Now, no hatred on that, but that's why I think having a film degree is now actually extremely useful because you can set yourself apart just that little bit of professionalism, that knowledge with your film degree is really going to set your brand apart, is going to set your content apart. And Really quick, also, I'm just looking at this live stream, and I'm going to say that for it not being that great in here of lighting, I'm on Wi-Fi, um, it's looking awesome. I mean, this is looking freaking pretty amazing. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. This is like, you know, for what this is, this is looking pretty great. We're going to do a little studio display magic here. Look at that. Now I thought I'd be able to kind of get the uh, I thought I'd be able to get the the thing where it follows you, I forget what it's called, but I think that's only for FaceTime. But um I wasn't able to figure that out, but I think it's still pretty cool how I mean how great this looks. Like I'm looking at my phone right now in real time and that looks pretty great. I'm not gonna lie. That is that's great. Uh, cause there's a lot of hate on this display on, on the webcam, not the, well, the display as well. But I think this, considering there's not that much light in here, I mean, I have a bunch of lights actually in the right place coming at me. So considering what it is, I am pretty well lit, but you know, just looking at this big ass 5k screen and me, I think I do, you know, I look pretty handsome, but you know, there's a little bit of splotchiness and a little bit of that kind of, you know, shitty webcam look. 
But then when I look on my phone and it's I'm looking like this, I'm like, yo, that's doable. That's doable. Let's share the live stream out. Let's uh let's see. Let's um how do I share this copy? Or actually, you know what? I'm gonna jump onto the IG real quick. Let everyone know that I'm live. And uh yeah, if you want to come on into the chat, etc. Come on in here. Let's let's see. Oh, here we go. Oh my god, we're gonna go double live. We're double living. And now I kind of wish that we had less. There we go. Let's. There we go. Because I kind of, you know, I have my, my little background area over there. You can see my snowboard, the endless summer, a random bag. Over here, I don't want you to know what's in there. It's a secret. So let's do this. Checking connection. All right, guys. Now we're double lived. We are double lived. So let's see what happens when I do this. Wow, this is just a lot of action going on. So back to the point of the story here is that getting a film degree now, if you're going to get a, you know, you go to your local community college, you go to your actual college, if people still do that anymore. You know, you, you're going to look on your, your arts, your Bachelor of Arts here. You're going to see, you know, English or pottery, basket weaving. Oh, film. Okay. Film, that's kind of interesting. We don't even really call it film anymore. I mean, you could even just say, I'm going to major in content creation. It's not that different. Um, because, I mean, that it's, it's a synonym to video, content. Content is video. So um, my point with this is that like when I went to college, when I got a film degree, none of my professors ever sugarcoated it. They all told me, you know, all right, if you want to make something out of this, if you want to, you know, use these cameras and even I'll get to this too, even these kind of cameras when I was in college, these still weren't out in terms of using these for high definition 2k 4k 8k video these were still these were still only a photography camera these were not yet the video beasts that they are now let's uh, i'm gonna hop on to the old ig and just tell tell everyone that uh i am on live youtube let's go here what's going on guys i'm live on the youtubes right now we're talking about is a film degree a trade now? So come on to YouTube. So it's it's really interesting to me because I, I, I remember being in college and my film professors, no one sugarcoating it. They would say, all right, listen, after you graduate, you got to move to Hollywood and work on a film set. Like, or you got to go work on this TV show that is at our college. Um I'll, I'll, I'll go, I'll go personal here. So I went to Wilmington, North Carolina and our main shows we had was we had Dawson's Creek, but by the time I was in college, it had the main filming locations. It was screen gems, shout out screen gems. We had one tree Hill. We had one tree Hill. So a lot of the film kids would intern and work on one tree Hill. So I never actually did that, but you know, it was a, it was a good option. Like if you wanted to, work in film, you would 
you know, you get an internship on One Tree Hill and then use that to your advantage to maybe then go to Hollywood or go to New York. But it was straight up like they, my professors would tell us, you know, all right, guys, if you want to actually pursue this career after you graduate, you got to move to Hollywood and go work on a set or go work in a, in a VFX house or go be in and work in a lab, work in an editing lab. There wasn't really this conglomerate of online media needed yet. I mean, MySpace was kind of rolling out in this time, Facebook as well, but it wasn't, we didn't have, we barely had an iPhone come out. I mean, the iPhone 4, I think, came out in 2010, 11. Instagram, I think, came out in 2011, if I believe. So we really didn't have like a place to put the the videos or the content. So like I remember even growing up, even before college, when I was figuring out that I that I really was into video and I liked video, I would just shoot a bunch of stuff on camcorders, edit it with v- with VHS players, with Walkmans. And in the end, the video would just be like a one night watch with the family. And then it would go, you know, go sit somewhere and never be seen again. And I would put in days and weeks of work just for this one night of watching. I mean, maybe we'd watch it more. But I didn't actually make a movie that became a DVD until my senior year of high school. And then shout out Mr. Roth, uh, Adam Roth. His, he's a great guy. Um, allowed me and Craig Roberts, another great guy. And I probably shouldn't be delivering all this uh, personal info, but don't tell anyone. We were able to create like this basically a skateboard video as our senior project for our graphic design class. So that was my first real dive into even using computer software to edit. So I used Windows Movie Maker, I remember. And it was hilarious how archaic it was. It was basically Windows Movie Maker is it's like GarageBand's predecessor. So if you can imagine a less uh, feature-rich GarageBand, that was Windows Movie Maker. So I was like, okay, um, this is kind of fun, though. I mean, it's better than taking one VHS uh player a vcr recording stuff onto another vcr pressing stop and start like i literally learned how to edit video using vcrs (laughs) so to use a computer was like oh this is cool like wow this is like actual like okay i'm seeing what's going on here so going to college even when we first started editing in in classes and editing classes they would have us use imovie and we wouldn't even actually at first use video they would have us use photos to edit together kind of like even with stop animation and even just like figuring out like basically a storyboard of photos. And then you could, you know, cause it's very similar. I mean, video is just 24 photos or 30 or 60 photos in one second. So the framing and the composition, the lighting, a lot of it is applicable to each other. And if you could learn photography, you can learn video. That's kind of how it was approached, at least in the introduction classes. Now, as you got better and better, you know, we would use the Canon camcorders and the Panasonic, what was it the Panasonic J1? When I, it basically was still these cam, these big camcorders with high eight tapes and mini DV tapes. So we still were, weren't into the SD card game yet. 
it was still just basically like the wild west of of prosumer cameras that didn't have i mean youtube was just getting popular but there wasn't really filmmakers on youtube it was really youtube was like kind of a who even knows what it was back then i mean it was just like literally cat videos or just like silly little weird videos but there was not really like a creator's hub of youtube and there wasn't live streams i mean there was nothing youtube was just really kind of getting into its own so it was interesting how even within 10 to 15 years video i mean might a degree in video is i think it's still called film but it was even more so film in that aspect because movies were even still shot on film. I mean, even in early two thousands movies were shot on, on film on expensive film that had to be processed and developed. And there was no room for error with film and it was expensive AF. So really the digital revolution with video actually made it more accessible to normal people and to indie slash lower budget films when you could actually not rely on needing film and needing a lab to process the film and shooting films also extremely hard because sometimes you don't even have a monitor to see how you're exposing and looking like it literally is mathematics and choosing actual numbers that are going to represent how it's exposed and pro- and will be processed. So a lot of times I remember when we would shoot, you know, at super eight and stuff like that. And even 16 in, in film school and college, it was like a lot of times it would end up being underexposed or overexposed most, most of the time, because you're still such an amateur. You don't, it's so hard to get it perfectly exposed, especially when you're shooting, and not perfectly lit areas, which is basically everywhere. So any anytime you're inside shooting film, you need way more light than you think. If you're outside, you don't need as much light, but it's, it's way easier to have stuff blown out, etc. So really, like a cloudy day be the best, or some some cover. But um, but before I get too much on that tangent, so fast forward 10, 15 years from the you know early two thousands, two thousand tens to now. I mean, within 10, 15 years, video went from being like an artsy-fartsy thing that either you were working on a set 16 hours a day, uh, it's like insane, crazy labor, or, you know, you're a producer or you're working in Hollywood or New York, to now some company in Louisville, Kentucky needs a video person, someone in... Alaska needs video. Someone needs a drone video. Someone needs content. Everything is now content. And again, I don't enjoy that word because it almost kind of like makes it, it's just so fast moving and so like throwaway a lot. Cause a lot of the content, it is throwaway content. I mean, you consume it and then it goes away and it's just like the, the scroll, the content scroll. So I think we actually went too fast past the like kind of digital revolution with video and photography. And now it's just, there's, there's too much accessibility and it's too easy to be a a filmmaker or a videographer. 
So now if you do get a degree in video or cinema or film, yes, you can just learn that stuff on the internet. Like, so you don't really have to, but if you're going to go anyway and you're going to get a degree, it's not like getting a history degree. It's not like getting an English degree. It's not like getting even a photography degree because it's such a needed skill now. Now, maybe in 10 years, you know, the iPhone Samsung is just going to be so good that you just, you don't need someone who's good at it. Like anyone can pick up the phone, they could point it and then it's going to just be perfect. Cause, but there's still tiny little aspects, right? Like right now my framing, like my eyes are on the rule of third line and the background, I even have it kind of where it's on like a tic-tac-toe board. I have stuff com- com- compositionally wise kind of good. Now, you know, there's a little bit of white space here and there's kind of a blank space there. So it'd be nice if I was actually cropped in some, but this is the first go, go ahead with the studio display camera. And I'm actually using the studio display speakers. So as you can see, if I bring up YouTube on my phone right now, let's see how this sounds. Sounds. And as you can see, it sounds pretty great. I mean, unless that was an echo from that, but let's, I'm going to talk again and then we'll see what it sounds like. Okay, we're good. We're good. Because I'm pretty blown away. I mean, I'm, I'm not wearing headphones. I have doors open. I have a very small fan here. That fan's on. The fridge is making noise. I mean, there's a lot of ambient noise and weird lighting going on. But it looks and sounds for what it is pretty great. So that's interesting how this first test with the studio display camera and the microphone, it's actually going pretty great. I mean, because you'll notice, you'll know as well when you're on Zoom calls, etc. You want to be close to the mic and then also having headphones is nice because then the, it's not battling the input and output of audio. Now, I'm not having any output, so it's only having the input but it's still one less thing for the computer to kind of like have to figure out. So I'm pretty impressed with how awesome this looks and sounds for, especially for all that, all that internet hate on the studio display camera. Now also this has been updated. So it has the, the update, which I think fixed a good amount and I'm a little sunburned, but in general, my skin tone is like pretty good. I mean, I have one light, that's on, that's close, a lot of fill of daylight, and then a good amount of backlight. But it's the backlights, you know, a different color than all that outside light. That's a slightly different color. So it's battling all these different colors and sounds. And so for what it is, I think it's super manageable. And I mean, for even just like this, like this isn't bad. <laughs> this is not bad. So, um, but kind of back to the, the main topic at hand here. So I think we need to, to take away film out of the liberal arts category. It, it's not anymore. It, it's a trade. Like, I don't see how it's not. I mean, you'll have maybe critical, you know, critics. And even when I 
majored in film. I mean, there was almost, there was two separate categories. I mean, it was basically production and the critical theory. So you can just study film, but when you do that, you know, you're probably going to do it more so as you're studying the history of it, you know, um, not as much the production, how it's made more so the history of sound film, the history of, you know, silent film, um, when color was involved and a lot of that. So it's, that is, I could see it's, that's more of a liberal art because it's, it's kind of like history. Um, but the act, the production of film is in itself a trade. And especially now everyone needs video. It's the number one consumed media that we all consume every day. And even like, look at, TikTok when it took off. Instagram was more about photography. Now what is Instagram? It's just little short videos. So even though these little short videos are still, you know, they don't have to look or sound great, whatever. It's still that medium is still video. So if you're knowledgeable in the most popular medium out right now, that's going to really help you a lot if, if that's what you're looking to get into for work. Um, so I don't know. I don't, so a STEM, something in STEM, I don't see how video can't be in there because it really is something that the world is kind of running on right now. Like the world is running on math, you know, all this technical stuff going on. Video is a very important part of that. Now, if the energy grid went down and all that, I mean, I guess it wouldn't matter at all, (laughs) but in our current society, our, our first world, if you're in the first world, video is really important. I mean, it's so being knowledgeable in it. And if you have an actual thorough education in video, really have a nice upper hand because a lot of it goes, a lot of people aren't really thinking about it too. Like there's so many little things like the audio and video now, I would even say if you're a, you know, a musician or an audio producer, you that you are uh, in the arts, but there's still an aspect of like mechanical production in there. So you're, you know, but video is still even more. Video is taking the audio and the the images and putting it together. So my point with that was if you're knowing video, you have to know audio, you have to develop your audio skills because a lot of it is so subdued and you, excuse me, you can't tell good or bad audio and you shouldn't because it should just be seamless. It should be like, you can't even notice the audio. You just hear it clear or you hear the music clear and the dialogue clear. And that's getting good audio is a lot easier said than done. Even this right now is pretty great considering the the microphone is an arm's length away. It's pointing down. It's not pointing at me, but it's still able to pick this up. There's multiple other sources. So, you know, you could be great at video, but if you're, if you don't even consider the audio aspect of it, you're really missing the whole point because film and video in itself is 
audio and images combined. It's not because if it wasn't audio, it'd just be pictures or silent film. And if it wasn't the images, it would just be music or sound. So it's the combination of audio and imagery into one. Which is really if you're if you have your senses and you can look and hear and see, that's it's basically like reenacting the world onto the new the new world via screen. <laughs> so it kind of sucks that we're as artists we're propelling us to to go even more into the digital world into the the world of Wally or Up. I can't remember where they're all just in wheelchairs and they have like a screen in front of them and they basically talk to each other in the screen. Someone's right next to them and they're talking in the screen. They don't look at the person. It's just like the screen life. And we're basically there. And I remember seeing that movie. I think it was Wally. And um, I just remember thinking, like, wow, that's super sad. And being like triggered. But now that's what we are. And that's even what I prefer. Like, I enjoy communicating on the screen. Like, I kind of like having a little bit of separation and not having to, you know, especially because I'm in, an introvert, I'm getting more and more introverted. So I like hanging out, seeing people, but it definitely is draining. And my recovering people pleasing attitude, when I'm with other people, it kind of like shuts down and I just want to be a people pleaser again and want people to like me. So I'm going to be naturally more giving and attentive and my my energy is just getting trained. It doesn't happen the exact same way with screens when I'm communicating. So for me, it's like kind of nice, but I remember in the scenes in Wally, I was just like, that's so sad. And so depressing that we're just living on these screens now. And I was hoping that the one going to happen, but you know, it's happening. So make sure you keep exercising because you can't just be looking at screens all day and then, you know, not see people or exercise. So, and if you work remotely, that's another challenge because then you're just looking at screens all day and you're never talking to someone in real life. So it can almost cause you to become more introverted just due to your, the nature of your day-to-day life. So for me, it was kind of like a good like acceleration into that just because I look at like my dad and he's really introverted and um, I think just, just how being an artistic person, you kind of want to be in your little zone and your little, in your mind and your bubble just to create and express and all that. And when you're with others, not physically and interacting, you can't be as true to your yourself because you kind of got to give some as well. So um yeah, back to the, the topic at hand here. So I don't think, you know, if you were in the video and you're maybe in high school right now and you're thinking about what you want to do with your life, um, if you're going to go to college, I don't think it's a bad idea to major in film because it's such a, a needed, wanted commodity and job. I mean, I think the competition will get higher, but at the same time, I think a lot of people, especially like for me, like now I'm more on camera. I'm more of an on-camera personality, I guess. I don't know why. But having this skill set and a behind-the-camera skill set is very different as well. But if I 
didn't have camera skills and I got good at doing this, you know, it'd be framed like this. I'd be, you know, I wouldn't be talking loud, pronouncing pronouns. Don't know. (laughs) But like you just, it it helps everything when you're educated in the, the technical art of video. Um, I think film now could be called video. I mean, shit, you can call it content if you, if you want. I, again, I don't like that word because it's so easy to grab your phone, film some bull crap. And then you think you're some kind of filmmaker. That's fine. But that's what's really diving into the art very deeply can help you. If you really want to go to that next level. And if you really wanted to go to, the proverbial Hollywood, which you don't have to anymore, and you want to make your movies and do your thing, you have to understand that you got to put in some time to get there. You can't just be an expert at video without putting in some practice and time. So you got to put in your 10,000 hours, and, and the college can at least help you gain those hours. And if it's a structured format, you know, you're not going to go into too much debt. <laughs> But that's the thing, too, is like if, if it's going to put you in a crap load of debt and you can just learn all this stuff on YouTube, then I don't, you know, it, it's probably to each their own. And I think it's just a lot of it's changing, just the education system's changing. So it's harder now because something I noticed the other day was everyone says, you don't have to go to college anymore. But usually the people that say that, did go to college like me i went to college so i don't know if i have really a right to tell you not to go to college because for me it was great but now also i know 80 percent of other people that went to college with me or generally usually they're not their degree isn't what they're doing now maybe it is but I think in the most cases, it's not. And that could just be because you're kind of young, you don't know what you want to do, or you just get a general degree, or you get a liberal art degree or some kind of degree that you're interested in, but you're not thinking about how is this going to make me money or is this going to be a career? Um, so now it is a little different. Um, but yeah, so, all right, guys. I think that's a... Uh, Pretty good ramble for now. Why film studies is not a liberal art is a trade. And I think I stated my argument pretty well. I know there will be some backlash. And to a lot of the hardcore STEM people, I am kind of being tongue-in-cheek. But I am also not because... Look at software engineering. Like, that isn't a liberal art. You still have to study that and learn the process of that to do it. Now, it has a little bit of a smaller history than film, but a lot of people that even go to boot camps for this kind of stuff, for software engineering, they're still going to learn some history just because that's kind of the nature of education. You want to learn a little bit of each kind of thing. So if, if you really want to become like a super expert, 
I don't think it's a bad idea to go to film school. But also you can't rely on that to get you jobs. You can't rely on that, that you're going to succeed if you do that. It's not guaranteed at all. And if you're going to put yourself into a bunch of debt, then I don't think it's a good idea. I don't think it's a good idea. If you can get off scot-free or just a little bit of debt, then yeah, I think so. It could it could be your move. Um, but again, it's just so different now. I it's for me. I don't even really want. I'm not giving advice here at all. I'm just noticing how video really has changed so much. Where it's now, I don't. I would not even consider it an art. Like it is a a necessary part of business. Like someone's going to want to buy your products. They're going to want to see it in action. They're not going to want to just read about it. They're not going to want to just see pictures. They're going to want to see a video of the product or thing being used in real time or whatever. And that's going to be one of the final indicators of you buying that product. You might also read a bunch of the reviews, yes, but the video portion is just super important just because that's how we see the world. We see the world in basically video at all at all times. Look around. There's a movie playing in front of you. It's video and audio playing in real time in basically 24 to 30 frames per second. And when you're a filmmaker or a videographer, videographer for, or a content creator, you're replicating real life. You can fancy it up or you know, fictionalize it up, but you're, you're replicating what we see in the world onto the little tiny screen. So <laughs> that's kind of funny, but, um, but yeah, let's also just dive in really quick too. Now I brought these cameras up because I wanted to grab us up my water and shout out brand live. I got this sweet brand live, uh, water bottle. So Now, when I graduated college, I remember I wanted to buy my first professional lead camera. These cameras, these kind of cameras, they were strictly DSLRs. There was not a mirrorless camera. There was not even really a micro four thirds camera or a crop sensor camera yet that shot video. It was strictly, these were photo cameras. If you saw one of these in public or wherever, they were shooting photos. In 2010, I talked to one of my old professors and I was kind of asking him, hey, what camera should I get? And he showed me the GH1, so the Panasonic GH1. And I look at it and I'm thinking, but that's a photo camera. How could I use that for video? And then he started to explain to me why these would basically take over and why they could look so great and why it wasn't just a photo camera anymore. It was a hybrid camera. And in some cases it could shoot better video than a video camera. And I'll never forget that. Yeah. It was like, I got it off. It was eBay. I think 
I think it was eBay, but it was it was still new. But I was it might have been B and H. Can't remember. There might have been some weird store. Um, and I still have that camera. It's somewhere. It's somewhere over there. Somewhere. Oh, it's over there. It's in the background near all the near the drum set and stuff. But it was funny because I I got the camera and it was like oh my god and I was using one from you know big camcorder to smaller than this. I was like, well, this thing's weird. And I remember just being like, yeah, the flippy screen. And I was like, huh, okay. But it actually became a, a real big blessing because I remember I wanted to shoot my thesis film and get a master's in film. Luckily, I did not do that. I mean, who knows what would have been good or bad, but really when you get a, a master's in film, you're just going to shoot a film. So my thought was, well, how about I just shoot the film and not spend a bunch of more money to get a, a master's? Because then you're really starting to get into the, like, why do I need a master's for for this? It's not like getting a certification for the trades because the arts are a lot different. If you have the knowledge, then it's more about the networking. So I thought, well, I'm just going to shoot this movie with the GH1, and this would be like the movie I would shoot for my master's thesis, if, you know, if, if I was going to do that. So I remember I went to Australia, had some friends, and I basically made like a, a surf movie. And it was all with the GH1, with one lens, with the kit lens. It was a, it's a 14 to 140, I believe. So it's a micro four thirds camera too. So it's a little, that's actually a, like 280 telephotoed and like 28. So really it's a pretty great, great lens and and you know it doesn't have the, didn't have the best at nighttime it looked horrible um etc but the gh1 had this funny thing where you could use this third-party app called jsd interlacer which now we're getting into that where youtube's already getting more popular and and um this is when i found philip bloom the shout out philip bloom because he was the one who showed me and us hey there's this thing called jsd interlacer you basically run your gh1 footage through it and it kind of like de-interlaces it. And it, these little lines that would kind of like make the footage not like super great. <laughs> Basically, it fixed it because of this weird kind of like numerical mathematics that wasn't adding up perfectly just because the I think the, um what's it called? The global shutter. It wasn't like a proper global shutter. So, and this was, pretty much the first like HD small camera like this that could shoot it. And this, yeah, and it was using SD cards. So it was just such a new technology that it couldn't really figure out that interlacing aspect because it didn't have a global shutter. It was one over 50 or one over 60 as opposed to 148. The These have kind of fixed that now. I, I don't know how, but um, so that was like, 2011 12 so and that movie was called betsy if you want to go on youtube type in betsy it's this surf movie based on australia we go around australia surfing we're living in this van and stuff and it ended up being like an awesome experience and a pretty cool movie i sent it to a couple festivals and nothing really came of it but i'll still watch clips from that movie which is now 10 years old and it looks great <laughs> like there's clips of that movie from a camera that came out in 2009, 2010. And it looks phenomenal. And it's, you know, 1080 HD. I think it's 1080i. It's not even 1080p, I don't think. 
JES helped it become P. We're basically not interlaced. But it's just so cool how really right away it was evident like these were going to be a pretty big game changer in video production and consumer video production and prosumer. And now, you know, you can buy an M50, you can buy a any of these things for two, $300. And it's going to look really great. And that only happened within 10 years. So now you can be a content creator. You don't have, now you don't even need one of these. You just use your phone and it looks pretty much as good as the GH1. Um, so the technology it went so fast that that's why with the help of that technology, video is now like this wanted skill. And if you're good at video, that opens up a lot of doors. So I think there will be a time where there is so many people good at video that there, it's just there's too much supply of it. But there is so much demand for it that I don't think it's going to happen at least in the next, I don't know, year. <laughs> but it could happen pretty soon. But I consider myself super fortunate that I was passionate about filmmaking and kind of just had a hunch that that's what I wanted to do. And I didn't know what else I was going to do. So for me, it really worked out. And if that timeline was different, maybe it wouldn't have worked out. You know, it definitely wouldn't have. It was the 70s or 80s because... It would have been too early, and if it was now, it'd be too late. So, I got pretty lucky. <laughs> um, but I think it's pretty cool in how now, you know, even on my diploma, it says Bachelor of Fine Arts or whatever. And it is an art, but when I'm working on it, it never feels like I'm... It, it always feels like I'm sitting down in a lab working on a like a product. So it's pretty cool how like basically I win, <laughs> but uh, all jokes aside, but um, all right guys, we've gone on for about 42 minutes here for the studio display live stream extravaganza. Let's do a quick check on the old YouTube. See how I'm looking and sounding. Let's see, it says my film set is no longer a liberal art, but a trade plus two display camera test. Okay. Okay. I mean, wow. I'm really very impressed with how this looks. Very impressed. Because even on maybe YouTube's, this is, I'm literally live streaming to YouTube as well. I'm not even using a third party software to stream. And this, it, all that it's lacking is the depth of field. Like if, if this camera, it's an F2. So that stuff back there, I would think it'd be blurrier, but this just doesn't have enough of a lens to create the blur. So if you had like this, when I, when I shoot this with a live stream, that's blurrier. And the blurrier background makes stuff more cinematic. So because that's not that blurry, this doesn't look as cinematic because everything's kind of in focus, even with an F2, which I don't know how they're doing that. There must be, I think there's some tech that makes that kind of in focus too. But considering what it is, it looks pretty great. <laughs> it looks pretty great. Um, all right, guys. I think I'm going to wrap it up there. 
with this live stream, Hero's Journey. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Till next time, peace.